Hey, welcome to the First Two Entrepreneurs podcast, where we feature first responders that are also entrepreneurs or running business on the side. We are here to showcase these businesses, but also talk about the difficulties running a business while being a first responder. My name is Ryan Ballard, and I'm your host. All right. In today's show, I am super excited to welcome Evan Vano. How are you, man? I'm all right. How's it going today? I am doing well, doing well. Um, all right. So we have Evan on today. Evan is a uh, first responder. Um, he is a firefighter and he also is in the wind industry. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I'm a wind turbine technician. Yes. Awesome. Okay. And then Evan also has a podcast himself, um, Guns, Oil, and Dirt Podcast. So you're you're a busy man, just like myself. Yeah, actually, so my full-time job, I work in wind. Mm-hmm. The podcast is a side project. I also have a part-time job and another part-time job after that. So uh, for for part-time work, I'm actually, uh, I work at a, uh, a gun store. I'm a firearms instructor. Okay. And then, um, and then I'm also like a, uh, I do like construction day labor work on the side when, uh, when people call me and they have jobs that I can do. I'm kind of like a, like a handyman for hire kind of thing. Okay. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, yeah, I definitely, definitely understand the, uh, the busyness between, between all of it. And, you know, part of the reason why the, you know, we want to put this podcast on is to, to highlight that you can do all of this right on top of being a first responder. Um, and you know, let's, uh, let's dive right in, man. Um, first of all, I love the Blackhawks blanket behind you. I'm a huge Hawks fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, we're we're hanging on for this year. I'm I'm kind of hoping to see how we do after all the trades and uh, selling people and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for the best, man. We had a couple of good wins uh, over the weekend, so um, hopefully we can keep that momentum going. But uh, all right, so you're a you're a firefighter in Wisconsin as well. Um, how long have you been doing that? Uh, this December will be five years. Five years? Okay, cool. How do you like it so far? Um, it's kind of hit or miss, I'd say, you know, you have good days and you have bad days. Uh, and the more exciting days seem to be the better days and the boring days are the bad days. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Some of those days just sitting around the station waiting for a call is, uh, is brutal sometimes. Um, you know, especially if you're on a, a slower department. So, um, totally understand where you're coming from there. Um, and how long have you been uh, been in the wind industry? Ten years. Ten years. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So what what made you get into the fire service? So you've been in the wind industry for ten years, right? So um, you've been a mm-hmm. firefighter for five. And uh, what made you want to jump into that? Oh, so um, my now wife and I bought a house. Uh, back when we were dating, we moved into this town, and uh, it's a smaller town, and it was it's primarily volunteer uh, firefighting here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting around one day, kind of um, 
I don't know if you'd say feeling sorry for myself, but I, I felt like that need where I needed to do something a little more, something a little bigger than myself. And I had been batting back and forth going into uh, reserve military. And my wife uh, said absolutely no chance that I was able to be a, uh, join the military and go reserve because she's worried about all the time away. And so I was like, you know what, why don't I, uh, why don't I go down and fill out an application and join the fire department? And uh, my way of being able to give back to the community and my country kind of. So it's just that that need to serve was just itching. Yeah, no, man. I, and that's that's really how all of us start. Right. You know, we're all looking. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a it's a badass job, at, you know, at the same time. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, that feeling and urge to serve is what drives pretty much all of us. Right. Um, you know, I, I definitely still have that. I've between full and part time. I've been in the fire service now since uh, 2005. So. I've been in it for a while. Um, you know, and I still still have that urge that uh that feeling is still there. Um, you know, I that's that's how I live my life, uh, is, is committed to servitude. So whether I'm doing this podcast, whether I'm doing, you know, the fire department or the charity work, you know, anything like that. So um yeah, I love I love to hear it, man. Um so what led you when did you start this podcast? Uh 2019. 2019. Okay. Um, how did you, why did you do that? How did you get into podcasting? Um, you know, I see that you get, you cover a a very wide range of uh, topics, right? You talk about safety, you talk about, um, um, disaster preparedness, you talk about guns, you talk about, you know, all kinds of, uh, wide ranging topics. And I see you just had your wife on, uh, last week. So, um, you know, you do, you do have a lot of diversity there. So how did you, how did you come up with the topics and, and uh, what led you to that? Uh, so the podcast started because I always, I go to like a lot of parties and stuff and people always ask me like what I do. And uh, I don't, I always tell them like, well, what day of the week is it? You know, because I do so many different things and people always, we're so interested in like, well, how do you do so much stuff? Like, what do you, you know, what does your life look like with all those things going on? And I was, it, it became kind of like a thing where I'd be talking to a person for an hour or two, and I wouldn't even get half the things across that I was trying to say. And they'd always have so many more questions. And so after a while, I just figured, you know, if people are so interested in what I'm up to, um, you know, I might as well just record it throw it out there and also because you know um i i listened to another podcast about building wealth and this guy was talking about you know he said if you want to do something as like passive income he said write a book or uh get articles published in a magazine or start a podcast and i was like well i'm not the best writer even though i am planning on writing a book eventually Mm -hmm. but uh i was like well like podcasting I could probably do and we can record them and put them out there for other people to listen to but for the most part it's kind of for me to keep track of like time and what's going on in my life as things go on and uh yeah I kind of hit a lot of topics because I get involved in a lot of different stuff so no it's why the wide variety (laughs) no it's cool man because it doesn't like I feel that it, it keeps it interesting 
right? Like you, you're you're covering different things. And it's like, oh, what's what's Evan going to uh, cover this week? You know, is it is we going to talk about guns? We're going to talk about you know something else. Um, you know, so I think I think it's really cool that you have such a wide range and and you're able to continually put content out. It looks like last week was episode forty seven. So you've you've been yeah. doing it for a little while, right? You put out a, a good amount of episodes, and um, I, I want to say the the average podcast doesn't get past 10 episodes so once you get past mm-hmm. that I, I don't remember where i read that um but once you get past that milestone uh, you are in the you know upper echelon of podcasts as far as consistency goes right so um kudos to you for that man staying consistent and you know getting the uh you know getting those, all those episodes out and continually coming up with content it's huge um have you gotten a good response from it uh, as of later? Uh, well, the, the response has been hit or miss. I had some episodes, like I went down to Nashville for a week and uh, I did some uh, like handing out business cards and talking to people while I was down there, a little bit of marketing for myself. And, sure. you know, even though I was just down there for vacation and the next week after that the episode was like the highest rated episode I ever had. And, uh, so it was interesting, but then, you know, it's hit or miss. I usually get like between 10 to 20, uh, downloads per episode. So I, uh, not necessarily where I want it to be, but I don't mind really, because mostly I do it for me, like I said, and if people want to listen along, they can listen along. And some people like today at work, uh, one of the guys thought it'd be funny to play my episode at work on the radio like loud for everybody to hear and i told him i was like that it's weird for me to listen to it like that and have like all the other guys i work with in the shop listening to it because i was like all right well i hope i don't say anything mean about anybody or uh somebody's (laughs) feelings because you know but i usually like i said i don't bring bring some of that stuff into it i try not to talk about work if i can yeah for sure um no man that's it's great and you know hopefully you know, the podcast will, will catch on. Hopefully somebody listening, you know, to this episode will, you know, look it up. It will obviously have your, you know, the links to all your stuff in the show notes. So that way people can, um, you know, go over and take a look or your LinkedIn profile or, you know, whatever you would like to, mm-hmm. to list out there to come find you. So, um, or to get in touch with you, but, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll, uh, that'll spur up some interest from this. Um, you know, so, uh, kind of switching gears here, you know, we talked about, you know, why you got into the fire service, why you got into, uh, podcasting. Um, you kind of alluded to, uh, my next question, um, a couple of minutes ago, and I wanted to talk about how you manage all of the things that you do, right? It's a, it's a juggling act, especially those that are, are first responder, right? Because we have jobs, right? You know, we're, you know, some people are volunteers that have full-time jobs like yourself that also have a podcast that also is a handyman that also is a firearm instructor, right? So everyone's got all of this stuff going on and being in public safety is, is a commitment, right? Whether you're volunteer, you're part-time or you're full-time, you know, it, it is a commitment. So how, or what has worked the best for you as far as managing all of your commitments currently? Um. So I like to tell people it's about setting priorities and boundaries. 
So you set your priorities. So in my case, uh, my full-time job is uh, a time priority when it comes to some stuff. So when I'm at work, unless uh, the department actually calls me on my phone, which has only happened one time at work, uh, I'm too far away to respond to calls when I'm at work. So I can't, you know, just drop what I'm doing and make it in and be sure that I'm going to be there. The one time I actually made it in is because we had a major event um, in our jurisdiction and they, it was an all call. They needed everybody right now. And so I was able to get there. It only took me 20 minutes to get there, but I mean, it was an eight hour call. So it was, it was one of those situations where that happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so like I said, I prioritize and then I set boundaries. Like, you know, I, I can only do so much in a day. So I have to put uh, things like, you know, I can only give this a couple hours and that's what I got to do. And I got to, uh, you know, this time I have to set aside for my family. This time I have to do this. So I try and just, just find the balance and, uh, and kind of stick to some of the hard, hard rules of, just making sure that if I only have an hour to dedicate to something, you know, I stop it an hour. And, uh, you know, sometimes the podcast doesn't come as a priority, but like I said, I do it as fun. And uh, the things that are priorities have to be taken care of. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I, I pretty much have the same answer uh, when I'm asked that same question. And I've, I've asked it, I asked it, ask it pretty much to everybody uh, that comes on. And, the reason being is a lot of people that are listening to this either are business owners or entrepreneurs on the side of some sort and or maybe they're thinking about jumping into entrepreneurship you know or they just like listening to my voice but i'm guessing that it's not the third option so um but uh you know you do sound need- pretty good so <laughs> <laughs> they need motivation right so if they can hear stories like yours and all of the other guests that we've had on that show that it is possible. And then maybe they need to hear a, a certain a tip or strategy that they may not have thought of. And if they hear that, then they're like, oh, that makes complete sense. I didn't think about that or I didn't think of it that way. And I think it really helps mm-hmm. people push them or helps push them in that into that direction that they're already leaning. So um I totally agree with uh, with your strategy. I, I use the same strategy myself. You know, I have a lot going on as well, and um, you know, I try to set those boundaries, set those time limits, and um, obviously keep time for for family. You know, because that's ultimately that's what it's uh, that's what it's all about, right? Family, friends, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just you know, living your life, and uh, you can't work to live or uh live to work is what uh i think i said that right right live to work um because there's more to life than that right and mentally i think that in our industry it's you know obviously um mental illness is a huge or is at the forefront of the fire service right now same thing with police same thing with military um and if we can figure out a way to balance everything that we have going on in life, then it's going to make life that much easier. Right. Um, you know, so I, I'm glad that you do that. I'm glad that you, you balance your, your, your days out and you're balancing your time, balancing all of your commitments. Right. Um, so moving forward here, 
do you has there been a a hurdle or you know some kind of um difficulty that you've had in the past that um that you might not have thought you'd be able to do the podcast maybe you know there's something happened that you're like and eh, i don't know if i'm going to be able to do this i don't know if i'm going to be able to be a firearm instructor on the side is there anything that that happened in the past that you overcame to get to where you are today uh every day <laughs> it seems like every day there's something to get over so with what you were just talking about and and trying to help people get uh, either get started in things like this or mm-hmm. help other people stick stick it out. You know, I uh, um, I always talk about like these rules, like you live by a set of rules, whether it's your moral code or your ethos. Um, and a few things that I live by, one of them is get up and do it. Uh, no matter what's going on, you know, no matter how tired you are, if you feel lazy, whatever get up and do it in the middle of the night when the tones go off, get up and do it. You have a job to do. You made this commitment. Um, another thing I always talk to people about is always be more afraid of the regret of not doing something than the regret of failure. So you can never be too afraid of something to not do it. I was, when I started in the fire service, I was terrified of heights, absolutely terrified. And if anybody knows anything about fighting fires, that's not something that works out, but I, I work on mental strength a lot. I listen to, uh, there's a guy named Jocko Willing mm-hmm. talks a lot about, you know, uh, mental fortitude. And, and he really helped me, especially during training when I was struggling with nights where I couldn't get to sleep because I had to study to pass my fire exams or, you know, do go extra steps to get through training classes and stuff like that. Just remember that you're not going to be motivated every day and you just make it a habit to do the job, to do what you have to do. Like this week, I'm just completely exhausted. But every morning when the alarm clock goes up, I I don't have a snooze for my alarm clock. So it's either I get up when the alarm goes off the first time or I'm late. And that's all there is to it. So you get up the first time. You don't give yourself the option to, you know, you don't have a fallback or anything like that. So every morning it's the same thing. You know, you just, you know, you have this to do, you get up and you do it. And like you were saying with obstacles, I mean, it was like that with uh, the heights and the ladders when we were throwing ladders and training, it's like, I know I'm afraid of, I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm afraid of heights. I'm actually afraid of ladders. Um, because I know the heights are there. It always exists. I know gravity is there. It always exists, but sometimes ladders fail <laughs> and uh, people fall off ladders and stuff like that. So I was actually more afraid of ladders themselves than anything else. But um, after you do it a few times, you get good repetition down, you know, in your mind, you know, you take the steps, you do things correctly. And if something else happens and it's out of your control, it's out of your control. I remember uh, doing a rappelling tra- training. Uh, we were rappelling off of uh, a high angle rescue, and uh, we were doing some rappelling training. And I was actually playing the victim in the scenario. So I was supposed to, you know, hang on a set of rigging and pretend I'm unconscious, and somebody will come down and rescue me and lower me down and stuff. Well, while we were doing that, um, situation came up. And my rope started to tear 
rope I was hanging on. And uh, I was saying to the guy that I was working with, sorry, my cat ran up on me, but I was saying to the guy I was working with who was trying to sort out the rope situation, and I'm four feet below where the tear is, so I can't come up to it and fix it anyway, and he's above me. And I told him, I was like, look, man, I was like, there's nothing I can do from down here. So I was like, you know, we can, you can sort it out. Or I was like, I could reach over and grab this other line and loop it through a carabiner and just use it as a backup. But I was like, at this point, I was like, there's nothing I can do from down here. And I was like, to be hundred percent honest with you, there's no use in panicking either. So I was like, just, uh, you know, sort it out and whatever happens, happens. And he he was actually joking about that when we got down and he was like, I can't believe you're so calm about that. And I was like, I mean, if I just start to panic, it makes your job harder. So if I'm cool, you're cool, we're cool, man. Everything will go, you know, the way it's supposed to. So, I mean, things like that happen all the time. And I think that's the way, that's the way you got to take it, you know, just things are going to happen that are outside of your control. And you have to, I always tell people, uh, there's like your circle of influence and your circle of control. There's certain things in life that you can actually control. There's certain things in life you can actually influence. And then everything outside of that, not something you can really worry about because you can't do anything about it anyway. Yep. Dude, I totally agree. Um, you know, you, you touched on it quite a few things and, and real and realistically you, you brought it full, full circle. Um, you know, when you, you talk about Jacko and I, you know, I have uh, two of his books right above me here: um, "Extreme Ownership" and the, "The Academy of Leadership." Um, I've my son's got uh, uh, my brother bought my son, um, you know, a couple of those books as well for uh, or his kid books, I should say. Um, so I know Jacko's teachings very well, and uh, you know, he he talks a lot about mental fortitude and and obviously his experience in the seals and um, you know how his training influenced you know how he how he uh operated in the field and then obviously it transferred into his civilian life right and now he goes around and he teach or he uh he teaches he he speaks he you know he does all kinds of different things and he just hits home a lot of a lot about you know mental fortitude and you know i think that you no matter what industry you're in whether you're in the fire service whether you're you know a cop or um, dispatcher, even if you're not in public safety at all, you got to have some kind of mental fortitude, right? Because just like you said, there's things that you can control. There's things that you can't control and the things that you can't control. Why sweat them? Why mm -hmm. sweat them? You know, you're just going to, you're going to live a life of anxiety and, and fear at that point. And who wants to live like that? I sure as, mm -hmm. I sure as hell don't, you know? You, you don't, you just clearly illustrated a, a point in time that, you know, you had to, um, remain calm in a, in a very sh stressful situation, which is something that, you know, obviously gets beat into our heads as first responders, you know, from day one. But, you know, I think the, uh, the lay person out there, for example, that doesn't necessarily, or isn't necessarily exposed to these types of scenarios, if they can take that and, apply that in their own life, whether it's, you know, business related, whether it's family related, you know, anything like that, there's just, there's things that you just shouldn't sweat. I mean, yeah, you might get pissed off or you might get angry about it, but let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth yeah. dwelling on, you know? Yeah. I tell, I, I tell people all the time, like, uh, don't, 
like I, I steal this from Jocko, but like my emotions don't get a vote. You know, he talks about that in some of his, uh, I listen to his, he does little speeches on audio. Um, I, I download them on like Amazon, but he has these little speeches and he talks about it and he goes, but my emotions don't get a vote. You know, if I'm happy, if I'm sad, if I'm depressed, if I'm this, the job still needs to get done. It doesn't, I don't allow it to get in the way of the work that I have to do. And I, I see that as a problem with a lot of people uh, that I deal with, you know, inside the fire service and outside the fire service. Uh, people get emotional about things and it affects not only their day, but how they react with other people, how they, you know, uh, their outlook on the certain situation and also how they perform. Uh, a lot of people, when they're really upset, they don't perform as well. And I just, yeah, I just don't allow that to work its way into my life. You know, I might be on at a fire scene or something and I do something wrong and somebody comes over and they yell at me and I'm just, I just look at them and I go, yes, sir. Absolutely. I'm, we'll try better, you know? And, and that's just how it is. Uh, you know, people make mistakes sometimes, but you don't let not only your mistake affect your emotion, but also how somebody else may handle it with you, you know, affect your emotion. I know a lot of people kind of get, uh, get hot under the collar when things, you know, aren't going right or are falling apart. And, and the thing I, I love to do to people, my boss and my full-time job likes this. I, I go in the morning every day and I say good morning to everybody with a smile. Every morning, good morning, good morning. And then if something goes wrong and something you start getting upset about something or they're yelling at me, whether I may outrank them or not, I just look at them and go, yes, sir, and smile and then work hard. That's, that's all I can do. I put my head down. I work hard. Yes, sir. Take what they have to say, you know, let it sink in and then, and then do everything you can to do it right, you know, or do the next right thing as they say, you know, it can't, you know, fall backwards just because one little thing goes wrong. You know what the next step is. You've done this before. You've gone to the trainings. You know what you're doing and just do the next right thing in that situation. You know, the next step in the process, you know, throw the ladders, you know, get everything in position, you know, grab your tools, you know, get off the truck. It's all, it's all the same. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you, you touched on something there that, uh, you know, I love to say and talk about too, is, you know, you, you can't learn without making mistakes, right? Yeah. You can read, read all the books you want. You can study all you want. Right. I think that when you make a mistake, that's when you really learn, you know? And, um, I think it's a, it's a, it's, powerful enough to say but when you realize that hey yeah i made a mistake and you own it and said yeah i i messed up right but mm-hmm. i'm going to do it right the next time because i'm i learned i learned my lesson and odds are you ain't going to do it again right so mm-hmm. you know and if you do you learn you work at it put your head down work hard you know exactly what you just said i mean i tell my son that all the time, you know, work hard, work hard, work hard, everything you do in life, work hard, um, be the hardest worker in the room. So, 
Well, that's that's something like I deal with at my that work when I'm building gear boxes. Um, there's a lot of components that go into things. Uh, I got to remember a lot of stuff. We don't always mm-hmm. have drawings for what I'm fixing. It just comes in, with, and I don't always get to be the one to take it apart. Sometimes I'm building something I didn't get to take apart, and I don't have a drawing, and I just got to put things back together. Um, as my brain sees them, you know, uh, I create the model in my head, and this is from the experience I have and what I know. This is how things should go together. And sometimes, like you said, sometimes I make mistakes, but I own them every time. And I go back to my boss and I go, all right, so this went wrong. Um, let me see the part that broke. Let me see what I assembled incorrectly. Let me take pictures. That's my big thing. My boss actually really appreciates it because I go back and I take pictures of my mistakes. And that way, if not only is it in my memory, but I have it logged in my tablet or in my phone. And then I go back next time I have to work on a unit similar to that or something. And I can be like, oh, well, this is where I had a problem last time. Well, I could work on it this time. I could be better this time. And, you know, having good references to go back to, uh, it's always nice to do. So, Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. Um, kind of switching gears again. What? Uh, let's talk about the uh, firearm instructor uh, position that you have. Um, yeah. How long, and how long have you been doing that again? That one's over 10 years also. That one's over 10 years too. Okay. Um, just yeah. got a knack, just got a knack for firearms or is that how you, is that how you got into it? All right. So that was actually a really interesting situation. I grew up hunting with my dad. I, I owe a lot of that to my dad. My dad was a huge outdoors kind of guy, mm-hmm. hunting, fishing. That's how I was brought up. Uh, my brothers were brought up that way. I just, I was the only one who like really took to it. I don't, neither one of my brothers hunt or fish anymore, really. Um, but I really took to it. It was a big part of, uh, growing up with my father and we spent a lot of time doing it. And then after I moved away for college, um, I didn't have any of that stuff with me. I wasn't able to bring, um, uh, a firearm with me when I moved away for college. But when I got down there, I, I lived in a house. I bought my first, my own first firearm that I purchased myself. I was away at college just for home protection. Cause we were, we weren't in a bad neighborhood, but, uh, we're in, I was, I lived in Phoenix, Arizona. So it's not necessarily like small town or quiet sure. either. So things, things can happen there. And so I, um, bought a shotgun, started going to the range a little. I started training when I turned 21, I bought my first handgun for myself. Again, started going to the range. I started training. And then um, I ended up moving back home, but I really kind of enjoyed just going to the range and training a little bit. And uh, as it turned out, so I went uh, when I was 11, I went to hunter safety class at a local um, like gun store slash uh, range close to my parents' house. Then when I moved back from Arizona, that store was still there. They were still open. The range was still there. So I started going in there periodically just to train and practice. And they had an instructor there by the name of Sam, who was an extremely well-known instructor in our area. He has a lot of experience. He was probably in his late 60s, early 70s at the time, at that time. And I... He was a federal officer, um, 
I don't remember what agency, but for, for an agency where he was uh, their pistol instructor and he started teaching after he retired, just uh, defensive pistol instruction. And uh, I got to talking to him one day, started taking courses with him. And then I started shooting more. We were spending a lot of time together. And then one day the manager at the store actually just asked me, he goes, you know, you're here all the time. He goes, do you want to just work here? And of course, me being the way I am, I was like, of course, I would love to work here, thinking it was going to be, you know, all fun and games. We get to, you know, at the gun store and shoot guns and hang out and stuff. And a lot of times that's what it is. because Most of the time that's what customers want to do. But, uh, but there, there is a little bit of work behind it, too. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how that all started. I just spent a lot of time there, got a lot of training there, and then uh, got offered a position there and haven't looked back since. I mean, like I said, it's been, it's been a while, but uh, yeah, and then what is about about five, four years ago, around the time I started the podcast, I actually started shooting competitively also. So on the side, just to keep, you know, there's only so much training you can do without putting, um, you know, it's like, it's like going through training repetitions at the department and then you have live fire training, you know, where you have a burned building or you're burning a house or something. Well, that's all competition is for me. It's just live fire training. So Very I, cool. uh, really started to enjoy. Yeah. Started to enjoy that. And, uh, slowly that's also another, uh, big part of the podcast is my, my route through uh amateur competitive shooting very cool man awesome you you definitely uh you definitely have a work ethic that's for sure <laughs> you got a lot going on yeah um yeah. what do you when you uh shoot competition is it uh handgun rifle shotgun what do you shoot all so of them? i shoot yeah actually i do i am uh I shoot some competitive pistol competitions, but I also, uh, my favorite, as I call it game, I call them games, uh, is three gun, which is a pistol rifle shotgun. And I'm really hoping if I get myself into the right shape, I want to go to tactical games next year, which is basically Spartan racing while shooting. Wow. I did not know they had those. I mean, obviously I know, you know, there's competition shooting everywhere, but, um, yeah, I didn't know they had more of a tactical one. I thought it was just, uh, when I think of that, I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, uh, I'm, I know law enforcement has it. The military obviously has shooting competitions that, uh, you know, they're in as well, but, uh, that's pretty cool that they have them for the, uh, for the civilian. Well, it's, it's mixed. So the, a lot of the military branches go to these competitions to keep their edge up mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it's mixed between, you know, retired military, active military. I know a lot of law enforcement agencies that actually uh, have guys that go to these because it, it keeps your edge up. It's being on the clock in a competitive setting puts a level of stress on you that is different than just being at a range for, let's say, a qualifier every year or something like that. Um, a lot of guys really enjoy the extra uh, pressure, you mm-hmm. know, to perform under those situations. And that's actually one of the reasons why I really enjoy it is because uh, once the buzzer goes off, it makes you forget a lot of the things that you thought you knew and you 
devolve back down to your lowest level of training. Oh, very cool. It helps. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. Do you have any kind of final thoughts for um, anybody looking to, and I know you touched on some of it, right? Um, you know, with the mental fortitude and um, obviously your work ethic is th- something to be noted of as well. But uh, do you have any solid tip or any kind of uh, suggestion you can make to anybody that's either stuck right now uh, managing multiple different things or maybe they're looking to get into this uh, full time, whether it's a podcast or, um, you know, a business that they want to start? Well, as far as if you want to get into something and you're hesitating on it, uh, the best thing you can do is just do it. You know, I don't want to, you know, but uh, sound like it's super cliche, but taking the first step is always the hardest step. Uh, the hardest part of becoming a firefighter was filling out the application and walking into a room full of strangers that I never met before and signing your la- uh, name on the line saying, this is who I am. I'm here to show up to help. And that's really the hardest part of that. Same thing with the podcast. The hardest part of the podcast was actually me getting up the courage to just record myself and then put it out there. Um, so if you're if you're sitting on something, you have an idea that you want to try out or something, uh, and the biggest part of the whole thing is, is stop worrying about what other people think of you. Um, you got to throw all that stuff out the window because at the end of the day, people like that come and go in and out of your life a million times in a lifetime. And the only person you're stuck with your whole life usually is you. So you think about what you, you know, you worry about what you think of yourself and don't sit there, like I said before, with the regret of the step that you never took. And then as far as when people are dealing with juggling multiple things and they're getting stuck, I, I know where you're at. Uh, I feel it 100%. I am really trying to work out the extra time to take my EMT, (laughs) um, which is a boatload of schooling. So I'm trying to clear enough of my schedule to try and slip a couple semesters in here and there because I got to get my uh, EMTB and I want to get my EMTA and um, work my way through that. And I'm I haven't had the opportunity where my schedule lines up where I can just take the class. So when you're, when you're stuck in the middle, uh, like I said before, then the best thing you could do is take the next step that you can take in the right direction and do your best not to take that step backwards. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who take a step but that step is to put something off or to do this or to do that. And as long as you're slowly working towards whatever that goal is that you set in your mind. And a big thing is one of the things I can tell anybody right now, if you have something on your mind or that you think might be a goal, even if it's just a for now goal, if it's a goal for the week, if it's a goal for the month, if it's a goal for the year, write it down, write it down and make yourself look at it. I have a uh, dry erase board next to my bed. And I write things down on it all the time and I force myself to look at it. That's also where I post all my bills that I have to pay because I'll forget about those too. But uh, I hang them right next to the bed and uh, I have to stare at that stuff almost every day. It's uh, the same thing when I'm paying uh, 
for things on the fire department because I'm also in charge of a lot of the financial stuff there, um, which was, it, it becomes pretty heavy sometimes, but as long as you find a way to keep track of everything, and even if you have to put something off for a little while, like I said, I've been putting off the EMT things, but just have it written there in front of your face and know that you're going to get back to it will actually really help you. And don't get discouraged about things. It gets hard sometimes. It's hard for everybody sometimes. But as long as, like you, I said, if you know you're working in the right direction and you're doing it the right thing for the right reasons, um, I can't say that enough, doing it doing the right thing will always work out better for you than doing the wrong thing. You know, even if you're doing the wrong thing for the right reasons, you're still doing wrong. Don't do that. You know better. Do the right thing. Work towards your goals. And things will just work out. You know, life has ways of working itself out for you. Yeah, I agree, man. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, man, I, uh, will wrap things up here. I, I really appreciate you being on today. Um, I, you know, I, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on, so I appreciate you, um, taking the time out to hop on. Um, and we will no leave anytime. Yeah. Well, we'll leave. Hopefully we'll have you on again in the future and, uh, we'll leave your, um, you know, if you'd like, we'd leave, we'll leave your LinkedIn, um, uh, link at the bottom of the show notes. There's obviously a link to your, uh, podcast, you know, hopefully, uh, People will hop on and give that a try. Again, that podcast name is Guns, Oil, and Dirt. So give it a shot, please. Um, Evan, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the First Do Entrepreneurs Podcast. If you like our show, please hit that subscribe button below and leave a five-star review. If you're a first responder that also runs a business or maybe you're looking to start a business, check out our Facebook group for tips. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.